Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. My career is not an accident. Better than us, depending on where you're from and what you've been through. What's up? This is Troy Carter, and you're watching The God Show. I'm a facilitator of dreams. I am not here to take you to your dream. Dim joints and focus. Um, focus and dim joints. What? 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 Yo, this is Big U. I just finished The God Show. What up? This Red Push, man. You're not tuned in with The God Show. Just poking the bell. Oh, oh that hold is on, hold on, hold on. That's my favorite turn. He, he's the master investor. Ian Dunlap, let's go. Roller coaster go up and it come down. I don't mean prepare for it to go down. What y'all need to do? What you need to do is tune into the guy show tonight. What show? Yo, what's up everybody? This is Ray Daniels and we have Tamir right here. <laughs> we up in here and this is the God Show. And we have some very special guests. We're gonna call it the Venice edition. Um we have someone who I admired since the day I met him and we was recording Dancing Shoes with Valeria back wow. in, in, in the Interscope studio wow. and I'm listening to this dude talk and I'm like and then this is right after the time where I heard him and Jay Irwin sell their company so you know this is when Demet Gitry and those guys are running around so I got a little history man I pay, I, I'm a student man I pay attention but we have uh, he also is one of the leaders of the Philadelphia Mafia if you come to LA <laughs> If you come to L.A., it's some Philly, Philadelphia guys that run this city. Him, Will Smith, uh, Heavy, Ryan Press, Jay Irv. These guys run this city, and they all from Philly, and you're lucky if you get at their table. And we have my brother, Red Push. One other Red thing I have Bush. to say is mm-hmm. I appreciate Troy for hiring someone in Atlanta. That nice. says that he understands the importance of our city and our culture. Thanks. Most people want to hire people in the city that they are so they can watch them. But Troy went for he and he hired a winner. We have our brother Red Push. So everybody mm-hmm. give it up for Troy Carter and Red Push of Venice. Thank it's you. so weird to say you're from Venice, bro, because you you got you you done did so many things, by the way. So it's so weird to say that. But yeah, we have Troy here. So thank you for having us at your house. Oh, of course. He has the greatest backyard in history, by the way. And we're in the biggest wine cellar in history. Thanks. So, you know, I just gotta shout him out for everything you do, man. Thank y'all for being here. No, thank of y'all. Course, of thank course. you, man. So Yeah, I, I would say, you know, in terms of school, it was um it wasn't designed for the way that I'm wired, like, you know, in the way that I learned. So, like, I would cut school, and sometimes I would go to the library. And um, I always loved books. 
And so I was an avid reader as a kid, but the school environment and just the structure of, of, of classrooms wasn't really designed for the way that I learned. And I think, you know, later in life, I found out, you know, it was ADHD and um, <laughs> we didn't have diagnosis yeah, yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah. It was just, you know, my son, you know, my, oh, your son's not paying attention. But yeah. I couldn't sit in one place. Yeah. I, I always wanted to socialize and talk. And if it wasn't something that I was absolutely interested in, I couldn't lean into it. So um, in 11th grade, I, I ended up dropping out. And my mom, um, like six months later, she put me on a bus and sent me off to uh, Baltimore, right outside of Baltimore, to Chesapeake uh, Job Corps Center. And so she said, if you want to do this music thing, you got to come home with a piece of paper. So I, um, I ended up getting a GED and then started working from there. So hold on, you knew you wanted to do music at 16. Yeah, so I, I fell in love with hip-hop probably like 14, just wow. listening to um, Power 99, making yeah. tapes and mm -hmm. things like that, and, um, and just love music, love the culture. And honestly, it was like, it was the first thing that um, I felt like I had um, that I really understood yeah. from its core. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and I and I chased that. So we started like a little rap group when we were in ninth grade. Um, I ended up. Um, we said if we meet Will Smith, he's gonna <laughs> give us a record deal. So we used to go to his studio and hang out at Jazzy Jeff's studio, waiting for them to come out. And literally one day we met them, and um, and that was the sort of first idea around um how thought how thoughts become things yeah like if you if you put your mind to something that it actually could come into fruition yes because i, I was too young and naive to think that something couldn't happen yeah. you know what i'm saying yes and so um so with that actually happening and meeting that guy um him and his partner jl they took me under their wing and kind of pulled me into the business that was basically god touching you because there's no better people that can take you under their wing i mean like i'm just being honest like especially after listening to will smith book like will bro. used to make us like we like when i say rough around the edges we were like <laughs> rough around the edges and will's basically like y'all gotta increase y'all vocabulary mm. so every day he would give us a new word to learn yes so it would be like uh like recapitulate, like what is that? Like you know, so literally you have to look in a dictionary, understand it, and every day you have to come back. He would give you a word, you would have to come back with a new word. But it just was that thing around, you know. We we came from we all of us were all three of us were from West Philly. Yeah, and he saw like the potential of, in us as human beings, mm. and wanted us to stretch ourselves, you know, because most, most people who, who come from our neighborhood, you stay in the neighborhood, yeah. you know, and if you grew up in Philly, there's a lot of people who grew up in Philly that's never been to New York, Yes, never been to Atlantic City, yes. you know what I'm saying? That's so it's real. like, so, so for him, he was pushing us to think way, way, way outside of our neighborhood, mm. and, um, and it was great to get it that early in my life, so it's like, you know, those seeds could grow. Yeah. And even when I sort of went off the path, it was sort of that true north that always sort of brought me yeah. back the center. And I love that, man. 
I'm, I would. I, I love being from Atlanta, by the way. But if I could be from another place, I wish I grew up with y'all in Philly. Because y'all, y'all are different, bro. Bro, I watch y'all hold each other down. No, Tamir, you understand. So, Tamir's from Harlem. Obviously, I say I'm from Atlanta, but I grew up in the Bronx. And when I and living in the Bronx, I I never. I probably went to Brooklyn one time in my 12 years living in the Bronx. You don't leave your borough. So moving to Atlanta was the first time that I actually saw people that look like me. I didn't even know it was possible. So, like, I, that's why I'm, like, I'm thankful that someone made that I had the opportunity to see outside of it. So when I hear you talking about it, and mind you, I'm, like, I just found out Troy dropped out of high school. I'm, like, what the fuck? I just knew you was a Harvard grad the way, the way, you, the way you was educating people and everything. And, and, and I got to stop because I, the thing about this show is that I'm people's peers. I want to tell you all something. Troy Carter is the first person that let me see I didn't know what I was doing as a manager. No, that's dead serious. I, mean, I watched... Troy Carter and Vincent Herbert. You got to understand something. I didn't want to be in the music business. I'm just a manager. I'm just, I'm managing two guys from the Virgin Islands who so happened to be signed to Akon's label, who Gaga was signed to also. And, you know, I'm just holding my guys down. But I remember watching you and Vincent every day run for, it was y'all to run from office to office to Walk office to office. Walk I mean, like, building. I don't think I've ever seen two people work a building like I saw y'all work. So when Lady Gaga became a superstar and everybody was celebrating her, from my perspective, I'm like, I watched you guys do it. But you know what's interesting? You know, it's sort of about, you know, you 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 can watch, and um, a lot of people watch a lot, but a lot of people don't make adjustments, right? Yes. So I remember um, I was managing Eve, and, um, and Eve was like my first yes. client. And so she did this record with um, with Gwen Stefani from No Doubt yeah. called Let Took, Me Let Me Blow Your Mind. Let Me Blow Your Mind. Yep. So record explodes, and we end out we end up going on promo tour with Gwen. Yeah. So mind you, back then, I'm like, go talk about rough around the edge stuff. <laughs> so I got you know my Rough Riders jacket on, like super super baggy <laughs> jeans. Yeah. You know, like Tim's yeah. on everything else or whatever. And Gwen's team shows up on the road and her security has suits on, her manager has a ja- yeah. jacket. And I'm like, and I'm seeing how they're moving. Yeah. I'm like, we gotta get we gotta get this together. You made you look at yourself. Yes, yes. Because what, what what ends up happening is Eve is seeing how Gwen's team moves. Exactly. So I'm like I got to make sure our team moves, you know. Cause yeah, because she might, she might see that and be like, I need to be with them. Why <laughs> yeah, we don't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so Gwen's manager, Jim Guerno, he was kind enough to let me learn from him. Mm. I built a great relationship. You know, we went out, we took Eve out with Destiny's Child, and me and Matthew Knowles, um, Beyonce's father and, and former manager, we built a great relationship, and mm-hmm. seeing how Destiny's Child moved, yeah, I'm like, yo, we gotta get, we gotta get it right, yeah. you know, because that yeah. is a machine now. Yeah, it's militant. Yes, it's, 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 and, and Beyonce was the general, by the way. Yeah, she was the general of, yeah. that, of, of that machine as a as a. As a she kid. was she was a seed, so she she was in the house with her father every day, every day. Yes. So yes. it's like so being able to get those learnings. From, um, from people like James Lasseter, from Jim Guerino, from Matthew Knowles, from Benny Medina. You know, Benny told me, um, 
I mean, we were on the set of Men in Black video, and um, and we were riding home one night, and um, it's it's Will's brother Harry driving the car. Benny's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat, and I was I kept talking, 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 and Benny said, "Will you just shut the fuck up and listen?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was some of the best advice I ever got, though. I'm looking at my team in the room. I didn't, I didn't get it. Yes. I didn't get it. Like, you could easily take that and, like, you know, fuck this. You know, yeah, like, who the you, fuck could, you, you talking could, to? You yeah. could take you could, that. You could bring Philly out. You could have got real Philly on him. Or you could take that as an observation from Benny Medina, one of the greatest Managers, executives, executives of all time. The, the, the real Fresh Prince yes. of Beverly Hills who yes. changed it. Yes. And, 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 and Benny, Benny and I are still cool to this very day. But it was it was being able to take that in yeah. and not internalize it and, yeah. and kind of you know use it as, as as fuel. Yeah, I always say the like when you have an opportunity like this, you have to honor it. You have to show up as a new person every day and be willing to be molded into it. Because right. if you were who you were when you were sixteen in West Philly, you would have became everything you wanted to. You had to become someone else to get to be. Get in other rooms to attract. I, I was just arguing. I was just, so I'm going to tell you something. I have a lot of people around me. I have a team, and I was just telling somebody on my team, I was like, I knew who I needed to become to attract what I wanted. And so when people, like, everybody's excited about what we're doing, I'm like, I wrote the character down. And I said, this is who he's going to be. And if I be this person, if I knew who this person exists, I would want to be around that person. Absolutely. So I, be, I became the person that I knew would attract opportunities like sitting here interviewing you. Because even though I've known you for however many years, it's still an honor. You st it's still, I, it still had to look like something you wanted to talk about because it's like you're, you're combining your brand for however long we do this with mine. For, you ain't going to sit down with, what's the guy named that, the crazy guy that said, Columbine didn't happen. <laughs> Alex Jones, you know, you know, you're not gonna sit in the room with this. Like, even if he and can I, give you a and platform, I, and, I, and I ain't bringing him to my house. Exactly. So for me, but, so for me, you have to establish that. So I just love that you said that because there's so many people who are watching who are like DMing me. I know DMing you. I know DMing you, Red. And like, man, I just got the talent, and and it's like. Bro, you have to change your mentality to attract the energy yeah. thing is so real. And and like um people like like attracts like. Yes. Is a, is a scientific fact, by the way. Fact. Like 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 attracts like. And the energy you give off attracts a certain level of energy. Yes. And so I like over the years. I learned that, and it's the hardest thing for me, man, was, like, coming from Philly, you, you, there's a lot of people who I grew up with, right? And everybody didn't go the same paths. Yeah. Everybody didn't um, do the inner work, the therapy, the, like, you know, the spiritual mm -hmm. work, like, all of the work that it does to sort of help transform your life. yes. And, and it's constant work. You can't yes. just do it one time and Every expect day. it to change. Mm -hmm. So, so shaking, having, having to, like, one, 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 one of my old heads in Philly told me, because, I, I, like, I used to do shows there, and, like, I was growing in Philly, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was the guy in Philly. Yeah. And I, I, never, I never wanted to move to L.A. Yeah. Or, or, like, or New York or anything. 
And and this guy told me, he like old head, he said, you gotta let go to grow. Mm. And he said, the people that you're around, they're not gonna elevate you. He was like, they're not gonna elevate you. He's like, he said, you you're better off just being by yourself than who you're around. Yes. So no no exaggeration, man. This is the first time I moved to LA. I ended up um, I, I, a fr- I was looking for, an, uh, and this is how God works, man. I didn't, I, I had like $3,000, something like that, thir- like $3,500. And I started making phone calls to see if somebody could help me find an apartment or yeah. something like that. And my friend who was a writer for Vibe, Nikki Duncan, who I went to high school with. Yep. She was writing for Vibe, and she was moving back to the East Coast, and she needed somebody to take over her apartment. Mm. And so um, I ended. It was I had just enough money to move to LA, um, pay the rent for the apartment. Yeah. I didn't have like it was like no furniture. Yeah. Or anything. <laughs> I was like the only black, <laughs> only black guy in Koreatown. By the way, <laughs> I had no car, nothing. Yeah, and. I was literally taking the, the bus in L.A. I was about to say, this is way before Uber or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then, like, and nobody really catches the bus in, yeah, like, in exactly. L.A. exactly. I don't even know I, how it works. No, yeah. exactly. So I'm literally catching the bus in L.A., and I'm out, here by, I'm out here by myself. Will and those guys, they were shooting movies. They were on set and stuff. So I'm literally in the apartment by myself. But I'm reading Deepak Chopra books. Yes. I'm reading like, you know, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Like all, like any book that I could get my hands on. Yeah. But like I'm by myself. Yes. Working on myself, like in this cave. And I slowly started seeing little things shift in my life. Mm -hmm. People got mad at me Mm -hmm. because I had to, you know, sort of move on. But it's like the, the, the things that it started to attract yes. made me really start believing Believe in it. And, and, once you, and, once, in and it. once you believe it, you can't go back. You can't. Like man. once you like like once you go down that dark dark road and everybody's like, "You tripping? What are you doing?" And you like, "No, I believe. I believe that something can happen for me." And then you get to that life. Nobody can change you. Only people that can change you is people like you. Yep. Everybody else, like even now, like I have cousins and like, like you don't act like us. I'm like. Cause I went on a journey that y'all never could understand, bro. And I'm from the hood and I still got hood people around me every day. I still take care of hood family members right now that live in my houses right now. But I'm like, I can't like, like this funny. I have a thing when my mother calls me and she says, I'm hungry. Don't ever tell me that ma. You're not hungry. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Or my mother be like, I need my, ma, you don't need money. No, son, I got you. Don't, you don't have to give me that story. Just tell me, and I'll be, but it's like, some people just don't want it. And I tell everybody in my life, I'm like, every morning we all get up and we look greatness in the eye. And we either decide to look the other way or we decide to face it. And if you face it enough, you become greater. I tell it to everybody in my team. I'm like, fuck chasing money. Build value. You are looking greatness in the eye. And you're facing it. And if you really, and I know it's hard because you ain't never did it. But you you had you had your 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 lights beacons of lights which was Will and JL that you can even see and be like I know it's real because I'm looking at it and I'm telling my people I'm like look at us look at me it's real like but it, you gotta honor the process no no this is early this on is this is this is no this is before he became short yeah. that's why I said it was that's why I said it was frustrated talking about it, not frustrated but it was a little difficult saying Troy Carter from Venice I'm like Troy is an investor in 
Uber, I'm, he, he is Spotify. I'm like, Troy is the person that I called the day I quit Interscope. I called him, and I was like, because Interscope was using me. No disrespect, this is a different regime, but I basically was there getting a check, and it was like, I wasn't doing anything, but they was like, great job. And I'm like, dog, I worked on the L.A. Reed. I give him a hit on Monday, Friday. He like, where my other fucking hit? You know what I'm saying? So I'm used to every day in the pressure cooker, and I'm working with these people. It's like, hi, Ray. Oh, you're in town? I'm like, yeah, I'm in town. I'm trying to fucking win. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, I'm going to be that black guy that collects a check, and all the black people are going to lose respect because they know I can't do nothing. So I quit, and I hit you. And you told me, you said, Ray, congratulations. Mind you, I'm thinking you're going to say, what the hell are you doing? What, what are you? He was like, congratulations. And you told me, you said, go by the alchemist. Sit down and read it before you take any step. And then he cut me a check, by the way. From, he cut me a check for my group. You understand, mm-hmm. bro. But, and for you, that was probably just five minutes in the office. But, bro, you a hero out here. And I know I do the same for people, and I know we all do it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's good for someone to just tell you in that moment, man, that shit meant a lot. Man. That shit gave me confidence to do this. No, you, you, you know what? It's like when... the. A few things that um, that I learned throughout throughout my own life, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know to your point earlier, like you know you you thought I went to like a, a yeah, Ivy, yeah yeah I thought you went Ivy to Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I wouldn't have been shocked right? if you said you went to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so for me, it's like um, my, I I grew up super. Super loved, yes. You know, um, single mom. My dad spent twelve and a half years in jail for murder. Mm. So I grew up height of JBM in Philly, right around the corner from my, you know, from my Junior Black Mafia, house. right? Jun- yeah, Junior Black. I only know that from Will Smith book. I don't yeah, know Junior that Black yeah. Mafia. That's like yeah. that's our 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 neighborhood, and so. When, when, when you know how, when you know, you learn how fragile life is very, very, very early. Yes. And you learn, and you learn how to appreciate your electricity being on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You learn how to appreciate when you got hot water running through your, through the pipes in your house. Yes. You learn, like when you got like food in the refrigerator and, you know, um, I laugh at my kids like they panic if it's not milk in there. I'm like, put water in there like I used to, right? In the series, like they said, you put water in your. Cereal. I listen. You know, I said I know how to make everything. I, anything that's in that cabinet right now, I could I could turn into food. Right? So, but you know, when you so, but when you grow when you grow up that way, you learn you get a high level of of real appreciation yeah. for moments in your life. And I've been through highs. I've been through lows. I've I've I made a lot of money. I lost I lost a lot of money. Yep. And um and when I remember when um I gone through a really really tough time in my career and I got ghosted by yeah. so many people. Yeah. People who like when I was hot, yeah. I could get on the phone in period twenty seconds, right? Yep. I didn't even like. I could think about them, and they yeah. and they calling me, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm down, and like I got ghosted, and I was so hurt, like just as a human being. Yes, that like because 
I had never gone through depression before. Yeah. And so literally being depressed, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm yeah. a motivated person. Yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. a positive person. And no, and it was very few people that were there for me. And, you know, Vincent Herbert, who, who, yes. who we both know, Vince showed up for me big time. Um, Will and JL gave me a little office that, you know, my office had gotten shut down. So they gave me some space to work out of in their office. And in my mind, like, I'm like, I never want to feel like this again. Yeah. But I don't want anybody else. I don't want, I, I don't want anybody to feel like I made them feel like that. Yeah. You know what yes. I'm saying? And we may not, we may not um, do it consciously to people, but I wanted to be intentional about how open I am to people. Yes. And how if I know somebody's down, that I'm going to make sure I'm calling somebody. I'm checking in on people. I'm, yeah. I'm checking in on people's family. Yeah. I'm checking in on people's mental health. Yes. You know, like all of those things. And like, so for me, especially like with a lot of, um, a lot of young black executives, is a different is a different path. Yeah. And what I what I see is we don't advocate we don't advocate for ourselves in corporate environments. Nope. And we a lot of times we don't know um, we don't recognize our self value. Yep. And um, and you got a lot of I, what I what I've seen is a lot of other races come in with a lot of confidence. Yeah. And we put, I'm, I'm super careful about how I talk to my kids. Mm. Like I never, I never tell my kids you don't belong at the adult table. Yes. I never mm -hmm. tell them that. I don't never, I don't talk that you only speak when you're spoken to nope. stuff. I want my, I put, I want my kids to have an opinion. I put a battery in their back. Yes. I have adult conversations with them. Yes. Like, it, and like, it is like, even, even because what I, what is, is a thing where when we get to the, when we finally make it to the table, we still feel like we're at the kids table. We still feel, we still, bro. Mm -hmm. Man, I don't even want to. It's like, I, I want you to just, don't, don't even stop, man, because I know that feeling. And I said this, I wrote something on Instagram, and I don't know if it went on people's heads. I said, every black person that ended up at the table, the big table, was made to feel like you're not like them. That's why you're lucky to be here. So you're, so you're on your best behavior. You almost are afraid to rock a boat because you don't know. I'm like I tell people I'm I, like, rock, I rock boats. I'm, I do no, too now. No, I right. That's what. I, the, the, but that's what I want to yeah. say. Like, because this mm -hmm. is this is a, this is very 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 important. It's the what I what I what I started to learn in terms of like um, and building my own self confidence was that wow, I can do this on levels that anybody else can do this on. Yes. If somebody gives me the opportunity to do it. Yes. And if somebody doesn't give me the opportunity to do it, I got to figure out a way to make my own opportunity. Yes. And, and to show people that I can do it. And then that'll bring in more people yes. to allow me to do it. Yes. And yep. then when I, when I feel like I've added value, 
I want you to pay me for my value. Yes. Yeah. Damn Actually, right. I want you to pay me even more than you would pay somebody else. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I like I want the premium. Yes. I, I want the you. premium. Period. So so, and that's fair. And so I would I like and when so when I started managing Gaga. It was sort of my first foray into pop music. And not only that, before he says, because I, I want to make sure anybody listened, he, when he said he started managing Gaga, meaning they started together. I was there. Lady Gaga, I was there at one of Lady Gaga's first show where it was 40 people in the room and me and yeah. Devon Stevens pulled up. So you didn't start managing her as Gaga. You helped create the brand Gaga. I just got to say that because you <laughs> fucking did it and I saw it. Yeah. yeah, well, we did it together. No, no, no. I, that's what I said. You helped create it. We, I'm not, we did it I, I would never, dis, I would never disrespect an artist, but some people get lucky. Some people build. I saw you build that from the jump. I remember having an argument with Jimmy, and Jimmy was like, "Put Gaga on a song." We was like, "No, we want Gwen," and he was like, "Don't sleep on Gaga. She's gonna be big." So I was there from the beginning of Lady Gaga. Period. I just had to say that. Oh, mm. she, you know, she, we, we definitely, you know, we signed her when she was, tw when she was 20 mm. and, um, and she had just gotten dropped from Def Jam. And so, <laughs> and I, I, I was starting over from, you know, after working with Eve and, and us parting ways and like, I didn't have anything to lose. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She didn't have anything to lose, you know, uh, Vincent Herbert didn't have anything to lose. And, you know, um, I always my grandmother had that saying, um, you can't fall off the floor. You mm. know? So it's I like, love that. can't fall off the floor. So there's nowhere to go but up. Yes. But, you know, us, but she was the first pop artist I ever managed. Yeah. And so, you know, we spent the year just trying to get people to believe in her first song, Just Dance. And then after a year, started building and building, and, and you know, eventually it just turned into this rocket ship. And I'm one of the only black managers managing um, a, a female pop star. Yep. You know, Matthew Knowles managed, you know, Destiny's Child, but that was that was it was his daughter. But it was also black and, it, yeah. and black, and it was his daughter. Because there is an undertone where when a white black person walks in managing a white act, people trying to figure out how the hell did you get? So that? people thought I was the assistant. People thought I was a dancer. People thought people like you know all of these things, everything yeah. but a manager, yeah. everything but a manager. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And so you know, sort of navigating that world, and 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 to be able to build the level of success that, that um, we were able to build with Gaga, it really showed me that I, I, I can play on this field. Yes. And, and you know, after, um, while I was managing Gaga, it, it exposed me, because we were experimenting with all of these new technologies, like YouTube was just yeah. coming out. Yeah. All, um, Twitter was just coming out. Mm -hmm. And so we're experimenting with all of these things. And that gave me exposure to the tech world. Yes. So now I'm going to meet with like these founders in Silicon Valley and talking to them. And I'm talking to them about culture, about music, about brand, about marketing. Yeah. And, and they're fascinated by this. Yeah. Because a, a lot of... Uh, most of those guys, like, they're brilliant when it comes to engineering. Mm -hmm. But then they're thinking about, okay, how should I be looking at brand? Yeah. How should I be looking at marketing? Yeah. How mm -hmm. can I get, like, to, like, can I, can you introduce me to people 
in LA and in mm-hmm. the music business. So that exposed me to founders. And I, when, when I talk, you talk about being the only black guy in pop music. I was really one of probably three or four black guys in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And it's a different language. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about, like, I really, it's, it's, it's a, when you can show value, mm-hmm. when you really can show value, color disappears. Man, mm-hmm. say that again. Color disappears. <laughs> yes. Color Tweet disappears. That. So you can, you, like, you could, you could walk around with and label yourself, mm-hmm. but if you could show value, I'm not ignoring, like, it's ignorance out there, and people, you got racist people, people are ignorant or whatever, but for my own, I, I can speak to my own, about how I talk to my own children. Yes. I will never let my kids use race as an excuse. Mm. Ever. Ever. Let that be somebody else's problem. That's not going to be asked. That's not going to, no. That, no. Let that be somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, know, I know too many black people that's, that's operating on the highest levels in every industry that you can name. Yep. But I know what, what, what it took to get there. Yeah. We might have to drive those Mack trucks through the cul-de-sac. Yep. We might have to work harder. Yep. We might have to do all of these things and like, Lay down on our sword on, on, yeah, on certain things or whatever, but we absolutely have the capacity to get there. Yeah. So when I'm talking to young people from anywhere around this country, uh, other places in the world, you can't c- come. You can't give me no excuses. No. My my, my dad did twelve and a half years. My dad. My, my dad had drug. I watched my cousins yeah. die. I dealt with. Drugs in my family. I come my neighborhood way rougher than your neighborhood. Yeah. Anything, any, anything you can think of, you can't you can't tell me any excuses. Nope, zero. Yep, is our capacity when we're born into this plant. When we come into this planet, when we come on this planet, everybody comes in with with whatever. Mm-hmm. I know trust fund kids who inherited hundreds of millions of dollars, man, who can't out-hustle nope. people that I came up with. And not only, that, not only that, they admire you because you have that dog in you. They love you because you remind them You remind them of like what real work looks like. I'm more like their grandfather yes. who made it. Who made it. <laughs> you exactly. know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because it wasn't handed. And exactly. so, so I just feel like, you know, we, we have to, we have to understand how much power we have within ourselves and, and be like, so, like we got to be able to get through tough times. Yes. We got to be able to power through certain things and, and I, I, I was, I was doing a talk with with, with, with um, a really great executive coach and and um, and I was being like just very very honest like I'm I'm super transparent when it comes to mental health yes. PTSD depression anxiety I'm super transparent about it 
And I was tell, I was talking to him, and it was a group of probably 50 people, and I said, I, like, being success, like being successful, and especially when I, like, I had lost everything the first time, I said I did, it was something in me that, where I didn't think I deserved it. Yeah. Like, it just, like, I felt like it, like it just was something, like, of self-value. Yeah. And, um, and what he said to me, he said, Troy, um, he's like, I know a, 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 about, uh, I know a bit about you, enough about you to know that your parents, they didn't go to college. Yeah. I said, no. He said, what about your grandparents? I said, no, my grandmother, you know, she got her GED when she was in her 50s. Mm. And my grandfather dropped out and worked at Campbell's Soup all his life. And he said, well, what about their parents? And then he said, well, what about their parents? He said, your, your family came over here as slaves. Mm. He said, they came over here as slaves. Mm. He said, think about them on the, on, those, on the fields, living the way they live, traveling over here. If they saw what you were able to accomplish, the heavens would open up. Period. So if you don't think you deserve it, don't you think they think you deserve it? Mm. This isn't yours. Yeah. This is you. You're you're a steward. Yeah. You're a steward of of your family mm. of generations. Mm. You become stewards. Yeah. So any success doesn't belong to you. It be, it be, it belongs to the generations. It belongs to the generations. That's what my dad name. That's what my dad is on my neck right now. Because I'm like. Die before I can make it, but he's shining with me right now, and that's why I, I never cheat the process because of that. That's amazing, man. We don't own it. Yes, mm. and I always say that, like, and we all have privilege. We all have our own version of privilege, and that, and you just have to find it. And it's not fair. Let's be clear. I'm not saying it's fair, but it is what it is. And either you're gonna sit back and feel sorry for yourself, or you're gonna get off your ass this, this, and do this, something. This, this is the way I look at it, man. It's like. We know we got to be very honest that generational trauma exists. Yep. We got to be very honest about institutional racism yep. exists. Period. These structures, the structures are real. If we let those structures get in the way of us real, realizing yeah. our, our fullest potential, and like my, my co-founder, um, Susie, her family, they're Korean immigrants. Shout out to Susie. She yeah, Su Susie, Susie. Like, that's, that's my little mm -hmm. sister, one of yeah. my closest friends. And her family came over from, uh, from South Korea and pretty much they gave up everything to come to America. And her mm -hmm. dad came over here first, you know, gave up the life, left the kids behind just to kind of get started. He's like shooting photography for a local yeah. Korean newspaper mm. or whatever. Then he gets enough, then he brings the family over, and then, mm. you know, you, they, they built the enterprise over the years in yeah. terms of, you know, um, uh, they're, they're in the restaurant supply business. Mm. But it was, it was the sacrifices that, 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 that were made. Yep. It was the, we can't have any excuses. It was the, we can't go back to, you know, to, to where we came from because they're, America's not perfect by any yeah. means, but I've been to almost every country in the world, mm -hmm. and it's like when you think about opportunity is a reason why people come here. 
You know what I'm saying? It's a reason why people come here because you can create opportunity. Yes. It's hard. Yes. It's hard. I'm telling you, I'm looking, I'm which is hard as shit. Facts. Is every barrier is going to be thrown at you? Everybody's going to laugh. Everybody's going to doubt you. No one's going to believe. And you just got to believe in yourself to go. And that should be enough. And I didn't even, I didn't even plan. I didn't know I was going to get this from you. Cause I'm, but it's all mentality. And I just hate when people give excuses. It is okay. No, like, no excuses. No excuses. No excuses. And then here's another thing. People that don't look like you, especially talking to people that like us, I watched the David Geffen documentary. The first thing he says in it is how he lied. So it's not like everybody had the advantage. Everybody just did what the hell they had to do to get the moment. Mm-hmm. And he told me how he lied, and then he was in the mail office, and he oh, yeah, found he, a letter. Oh, wait, he, he, uh, he said he, he went to Harvard, he yeah, graduated yeah, school, and yeah, he really didn't. Yeah. But David Gavin's one of the most powerful men in the world. You can do it. You just got to believe you can do it. 2022 mm-hmm. was the hardest professional year of my life, but it was the best because it was the, I didn't start believing in myself till 2022. Just being honest, it was like I didn't believe in me because it was like I felt like you like, why me? Like I, be, I don't I, believe, I believed in you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, like, thank it, you. But it, it's we go through that. Yeah, so, man. You if 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 people talked the the way we talk in our heads to ourselves, we would stop being friends with ourselves if, someone, if, if somebody bro. else talked to us like yes. that. Mm-hmm. So the level the level of self doubt. Is natural, by the way. Yes. It's natural. Yes. I I work with some of the most successful people on the planet. And like where I get I, I've had the luxury of being on tour buses, hotel rooms, every all places where you could see people where I, I see where people cry. Yeah. I know where people are insecure. Yeah. I know the issues mm-hmm. and like but no people on the outside would think, oh my God, these people are the most they have all of the talent in the world. These people are the most successful people in the world. Everybody deals with self-doubt. I, like, I tell this to my, to my daughter. I tell this to like other people in my family. Like, what? no, that person's the most insecure. <laughs> I yes. know that person. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I know that person. Yes. And so, so we, we all deal with it, but I think um, because people don't talk about these things openly, yes. it's more about... The, 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 the look, look, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. You, you, that, that builds your self-doubt. What I had to realize, like, um, we, like we, we create this thing is like the delusion. Yeah. You got to be like, I'm delusional. Yeah. You have to be. I, you have to be. You have to be. So, because you got to be able to see beyond what's in front of you. And when I said I wanted to be in the music industry as a kid, nobody in my family was in the music industry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You they only couldn't watch even help those you. people yeah. on TV. Yep. So everybody doubts you. And so I'm, I'm very careful with how, like, I don't tell people all of my dreams, even yeah. to this day. Yeah. Thanks. Because people will extinguish it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And what I like, even down to when you may, you may say, somebody may say something about like something that they want to do, 
and somebody just gives them a look like, hmm, mm. you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Or you could look at you could look at somebody. Some it could be a look. It could be somebody something that somebody says. Somebody just can come out and say that that you should be doing something different or is impossible, and that kills people's dreams. Yeah. And so, I me personally, I I protect that. Yeah. So like so nobody nobody's not not killing an idea because that idea is energy and that 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 energy that. That seed needs watering, yeah. nurturing, all of those things, and people will kill that idea and make give you, and they will plant. They'll project their, their failures fears. into your life. Yeah, they'll project their fears. Parents are the number one dream killers. Parents are the number one haters. <laughs> you know what I'm yes, because out of fear, out of love. <laughs> They don't want you, their kids to fail. They don't want to see they're you not, hurt. Yes, they, they're not. They're not being they're mean. Not, not they, doing just, it they just don't want to see you. They don't want to see you broken and have to pick you up. That's why mm -hmm. parents forced they they force their kids to go to college. Yep. They force their kids into doing with you know with the the safest routes or whatever. They don't want you to do something that that doesn't feel that doesn't feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. They do it for all of the right reasons. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, it's it it your kid's potential might be to be Elon Musk yes. or or, yes. or Robert Smith or you know whoever it is. So it's like even even um, like me, I'm I'm very careful about who I hire, and like you know, you talked earlier even about 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 Red. It's people who had to build things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you gotta have you. You gotta be able to see beyond what's in front of you. Yep. When Red, when I heard Red was a promoter, I said, "Okay," because I was a promoter. Yeah. So promoters, you get one. You gotta have risk tolerance. Yes. Mm -hmm. Two, you gotta be a stand-up person. Yep. Because a lot of it is handshake. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it, when you didn't have a good night, you still got to pay people. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Because you, you build your reputation. You build your reputation. All you got is way. your name. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how you build your reputation. Yep. And so I like I like to have people around me with vision and dream and a little bit of craziness, like whereas like you you kind of push outside of boundaries yes. and it's like cuz that that's 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 what feeds and fuels dreams i'm going to tell you something i'm going to put him on blast braxton right here braxton comes to me he comes to me from alabama and he's like he's he's trying to show me he said he's a content creator but he's showing me music videos and as he's showing me he's asking me while i'm looking at the video like you like the song and i'm thinking to myself why the fuck would i care why would you care if i like the song when I like the video, I'm, I'm here to look at your video work. And then he, fourth song, he's like, you like the song? And I was like, hold on, stop. You're not really a content creator, are you? He was like, nah. I said, you manage these people. He was like, I do. I was like, and then he said to me, and this, he, this, he said to me, he said, I'm sorry for lying to you, but I just wanted to, I need to prove to my mom I could be anything more than a truck driver. Hmm. That right here. So I'm like. That's beautiful. So I'm like. Okay, so I'm like, so you don't see value in yourself, do you? He said, not really. I was like, that was me. I didn't think that I could make it without you. I'm going to show you, you can make it on your own. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you, you don't need none of them. 
And I hired him as an intern. But here's what I didn't know. He was driving two hours from Alabama to Atlanta every day. Mm. And, like, straight up, we're going to clap for Braxton. Straight up. He was driving two hours. He was driving two hours every day. He was driving two hours every day back and forth. And then I hired him full time. And he was still hustling. Even now, like, I just was getting on him just now. And I'm like, I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And he's like, there's no way. I said, I know for a fact. I said, because... You don't carry yourself like you believe. Because when you believe, you come with a smile. You come, you almost are like, like how you say it when he said, shut the fuck up. That was the best thing happened to me. Because I tell everybody around me, shut the fuck up. You've never built nothing. Shut the fuck up and listen. I'm giving you the blueprint. So as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, everybody, anybody who's listening to this, you can be whatever you want to be, but you can't bullshit the process. Mm-hmm. You got to get in it. Listen, bro, I drove the month of January. I tell everybody this. Every day, the month of January of last year, I drove home crying because I got fired from Warner. I appreciate you sharing that, man. And I remember just being like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to show the fuck up. Because what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Thanks, man. Like, it's like, it's like, I can't. And not only that, I can't let them be the winners. I can't give somebody else the power. And here's the phrase part. Me and Aaron talked for the first time today in a year. Wow. And the first thing he said was, my bad for how I did you. Because I did do you wrong. But at this point, I'm like, I, dog, I built myself at this point. You, you, should, like, you, should, you, you should send Aaron flowers. Because yeah. it's a mm-hmm. congratulations. He yeah. helped you. Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? And, like, even, and, even this, and even this right here. I'm like, bro, this is not, this is not cool in our world. This, what I'm doing is not cool. Giving it away? I'm, I'm literally... You're doing the same thing. We're tearing down the walls of the Lord, making people see it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. The only thing that they made you believe is that you need them to do it. And I know you don't. I'll tell you, you as an example. I'll tell you, I never told you this. I tell people, you know the first artist I ever seen break from beginning to the end? Megan Trainer. Mm-hmm. Troy Carter became the manager because I was meeting with Jay Irvin. And Jaron was telling me about the Nico and Vince. And I go back to Epic Building. Now, here's the important part of the story. Megan Trainer was signed. The video was done. And her A&R, Paul Pontius, was like, bro, I've been chasing Jay Brown for the last couple months, the manager's girl. Oh, I didn't know that for Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I just need someone to manage her, man. Because the video is done. She signed. And then... I was like, yo, I just let Jay Irvin, Troy, they did they, Gaga. You should mess with them. And that's how it happened. But the point is, is that Megan came in and was ready. We're not magic makers. We can, we can facilitate. We are facilitators. We are not magic makers. When you, you laugh when you said Gaga got dropped. I only laugh. I laugh when you said that because L.A. Reid tells everybody, I didn't drop Lady Gaga. I dropped Stephanie. <laughs> you know, you know, I didn't drop Gaga. That's funny. I dropped Stephanie. That's, that's funny. It, but she had to. LA's right. Yeah, yeah. She had to become Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. She had to build. And everybody in here and everybody listening, you can literally open up a book, which is what I suggest and what I've did, and create a character. Definitely. I've never met Lady Gaga not being Lady Gaga. Like, the first day I met her, we was doing a writing camp for the Pussycat Dolls. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this girl was just in superstar mode, sitting in the studio. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know she's going to be something. 
she was that before you knew she was that. Because she's a, she, Gaga, Gaga is a student of the game. And like one of the things that, you know, we always talked about is how um, the, the, the great study the greats. Great stuff. It's cold as shit in here. It's okay. I'm good. No. I'm good. <laughs> it's, it's freezing, <laughs> it's freezing. Right? Let's go. Can I just turn the TV? Please. <laughs> no, it's yours. No. It's yeah. your house. It's your house. But, but I only say that to say that people, you have to believe in it before anyone believes in it. Nice. I had an executive coach, and I, literally my girl was telling me, I'm going to race your boy. I got a whiteboard in my office. This whiteboard got me through 2022. And my executive coach would give me terms. And she would say, self-trust, self-worth. I talk to my coach self -value, every Self-value, self-value, enjoy the process. So those moments where I know it's hard, and I'm, I would just look at the board, and it's like, enjoy the process. But people think enjoying the process means have fun. No, that just means enjoy the goods. But you got to enjoy the bads. Mm -hmm. The bad moments is when you got to sit back and be like, well... I know for a fact that Jay-Z went through this, so I know I'm on the right path, and I'm going to keep pushing. So even me with this show, I tell people, I'm like, bro, this, this podcast was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wasn't going to go beg for a job. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that I know my shit, and I know a lot of people, and this happens to you, I know it happens to y'all, come sit in your office and get the game and run with it, and don't, I don't want nothing from you, but telling someone, yo, shout out to Troy, man. Cause mm -hmm. that game you gave me, that shit changed my life. That shit gives us credibility. And hold on, hold on. And we didn't, and we never got that. So for me, I was like, I'm smart. Tamira, come in here. Ask me a question once a day, and I'm gonna put a mic. That's literally how it started. Ask me one question once a day, and I'm gonna answer it, and I'm gonna put that clip on Instagram. Cause I just want the world to know I know something. Cause I am not begging nobody when I'm fucking great already. Mm -hmm. I'm not begging you when I'm great. Like, I'm not begging. No one begs to bring greatness to the table. You just be great, and somebody great will see and recognize. So that's why someone like yourself doing this is like, there's some people watching this like, damn, Troy did it? I got to hit Ray. But you know why Troy did it? Because Troy is great, and greatness recognizes greatness. So I just mm -hmm. want to tell you, thank you. No, and, and Ray, you know, the thing is, man, like we've seen, both of us have been in the music business for a long time. And, um, and consistency and character is important, you know? And it's like, so certain people, you, 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 you've been consistent throughout. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. Consistent. And, um, and, I, and for me, it's like, it's just a lot of, a lot of value in that. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, we were talking earlier about, like, just our, our crew in, in Philly and, the reason why we, we stick so closely together is that we recognized um, how transactional and fake um, the business is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the, the coming, coming from where I come from and where you know, some, some people within our, our crew came from, and this is even, even my relationship with Jay Brown, Ty Ty, of like all, like those guys and you know and, and people who all, we all came up together like I met Jay-Z and those guys from me promoting shows in Philly oh wow I met Puff because I was bringing big to Philly promoting shows oh wow and the integrity that you gotta have 
And to this guy got to have cash when I show up. Yeah. Or this guy said he was going to do something and he actually did more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I managed half of Rockefeller's roster. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> all Bean, the Philly guys, Beanie, Freeway, Freeway yeah. Oskino, Sparks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like all, all, you know, all, yeah, yeah. All, pretty much all, all of those guys. And, um, and, and, but with doing that, it was like, we got to have a partnership and a level of understanding. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so when you can do that consistently, people consistently show up for you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and as we, we level each other up, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Everybody is going to be a million people that fall by the wayside, but you got it like your word and your, and it, it, like it means something where we come from because it's consequences. Yes. Otherwise, you yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Philly's small. Yeah. You can't, you can't burn too many people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You go, you go, you go run into somebody. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Our mm -hmm. industry is small. Yes. You can't fuck over too many people nope. before you got to run into those, those people again. So what I started seeing, like, just at, through the years, I'm like, yo, these people are different. Like, yes. I thought, like, when mm -hmm. you said you was going to do something, you did it. Or, wow, you stole that from me? Very vulture-like. <laughs> like, Very vulture-like. You vulture -like. really, really stole that from me. Or you really yeah, did this to me. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And, like, it's... The recourse is 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 me not being able to do yeah. anything with you anymore. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Now, I, I, it's funny because you said the one thing I had to do was I had to remove me. It's two things I had to do. I had to remove me. So when you said you did this to me, when I said me, I personalized it. And I had to just remember that's who you are. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with me. Absolutely. It's just who you are. That's the first thing. And the second thing that I did was I told myself I'm going to – I'm going to talk to myself. I'm not going to listen to myself. Because when you when you listen to yourself, you can't control the thoughts that's coming in your head. Like you said, you're abusing yourself. You're like, man, you can't do it. That's listening. When you talk to yourself, you're like, you can do it. Just keep going forward. And those two small things that I did kind of like really changed the trajectory of my life, the trajectory of my life because I was like, I'm just going to tell I'm just going to listen to myself. Because what would I tell Red if he came in my office? Mm -hmm. Hey, bro, you could do it. But I'm in my, I'm, my head, I'm saying, you sure you could do it, Ray? Nah, Ray, you could do it. Red, you could do it. Tamir, you could do it. Everybody in here, we all can do it. I'm right. just going to talk to myself, and that's literally how I got here. So now I'm just in a whole nother world, but I love it because this is important. And, mm -hmm. and, and people are watching. Dog, we are superheroes. I stress that to people. Every person up here, including Tamir, we are all superheroes. But let me tell you, when a superhero comes... You know the origin story. Oh, everybody got their favorite superhero. Whether it's Iron Man, whether his father was an inventor and they didn't believe in him, or Superman, his plant was blown up and his parents sent them here and his parents. Like, so I always tell people, don't be afraid to share your origin story because yeah. that's what makes people love you. Yep. That's what makes people connect with you. And we all fucking do it. That's how all I got it. it. I, even with my interview with him when I first started, man, I maybe sat on the phone with Troy for like three hours. Just like give, I feel like I gave him my whole life mm -hmm. in that conversation to sum it up for the most part. And um, just me just being completely transparent with him about where I want to go, how much I've done, how much free work I've done to even get to this part. Like just understanding how the balance goes with everything. It was just like this is where I, this is where I need to be. I could have worked anywhere, but like 
I feel like with Troy, man, this shit, this shit different. Like he really hears, hear me out. Bro, he cares. And yeah. this, so let's. I want to. I want to jump to the. Cause and another thing, I know people probably listening want to hear music. All of this is related to music. Mm-hmm. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Who someone is, whether you selling wine, whether you selling music, whether you selling life, whatever you selling, how you do it is who you are. Mm-hmm. So. You guys, so Troy, Troy has a, a history of being super successful manager, a super successful investor, but what I wanted to talk about was why you started Venice, because this is probably the first time in your life that you started something that you committed your life to that you don't need to do. <laughs> Yo. It's like you really could just not do it, but Yo. you like on the front line pushing it. So what, what was it, what made you want to get into that business from your perspective. Uh, so it was, was crazy. Like I made a decision it's probably six years ago that I didn't want to do talent management anymore. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge commitment yes. on talent management. Nice. And, and especially, you know, when you, when you, and with, with, with superstars, you know, as a, a, a lot of time, and you need to be on the road. It's like more kids. Yes, and it and um and I didn't want to um like I sac I have five kids, and with my older kids, I sacrificed a lot because yes. I was building my career in the beginning. Like yes. my my Troy Junior. I used to your literally, twin, by the way. He looks just he, like he you. Like He's a little taller, taller version of you, exactly. <laughs> but with Troy is, you know, I used he was two years old, and I'm like on buddy passes, uh, trying to get on airlines, you know, and like we, I was hustling, and like, and you know, my son Danny and they, you know, they're three, four, five years old, and it was it was hard, and I so I lived on the road, and then you know we had two more kids later on, and that's when I was managing Gaga and. Like, as I was building my career, I had to, you know, it was, at first, I had to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then it was, okay, I kind of got to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then with my youngest, you know, she's nine now, but, you know, she was, she was like three or four when I stopped management. She probably runs you. She probably owns you. She's (laughs) like... She didn't even like. I don't even have a job in her world, by the way. I, like, I have a five year old daughter. If I was, if my daughter was walking here, she don't care what's going no, on. She would no. sit right here and drink my water. Like, she, so I know she owns she, you. She thinks I do. I do something in music, right? <laughs> and she was only impressed. She she became a huge Megan Trainer fan like six months ago with Megan's new song that yeah. blew up on TikTok. Yeah, and she's like, "Mommy said that you used to work with Megan." Yeah. I'm like. You were on tour with me with Megan. Yeah, right? yes. I got pictures with yeah. us. You were on the tour bus, living on the bus with us. But, you know, I, but what I, I wanted to, ch- like, so getting out of management was, like, one, a lifestyle change. But also, I'm, I'm, I was always very curious about, like, I always push, hmm, what's the, what's the future of the business? Like, yeah. you know, is I didn't want to be one of those old guys either, like, you're 80 you know, still doing Holding talent on. management. Yeah. I, like, I didn't want to do that. And um, so, like, so I was an early investor in Spotify. Mm-hmm. And um, and me and Daniel, the founder, um, are good friends and, like, you know, always talked and I helped Spotify out with a bunch of stuff over the years. And Daniel and I were having a conversation about a project that I was helping them with internally. And that turned into me 
going inside of Spotify and um, and basically building out was um, sort of now known as cre- Creator Services. Yes. And um, and really um, working with the company on going public and like being be like, how do we tell the right story? Yes. How do we build better relationships with artists, managers, labels, looking at content strategy and all of those things. And, um, and it was probably one of the most rewarding things that I've done professionally. Mm. Um, it was a hard choice going in because I'm, I'm such an entrepreneur and like it's part of my identity and everything else. So you know, going in was like a, a, it was a tough choice, but it was the best thing I could have possibly done. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Like yeah. we talk about college, that was my college. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to work with some of the smartest people in the world. And, but I worked with, I worked with major label artists my entire career. Mm-hmm. And part of my role at Spotify, I had to, I had to take on the independence. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, who are these people? Yeah. Like, literally, it's people I'm meeting with, and I have no idea who they are. They're all angry or whatever. Yeah. And um, but I, I but what I started seeing, I'm like, and, and getting to know these people, I'm like, yo, these are entrepreneurs. Like, yes. they're mm-hmm. building their businesses yeah. the same way I built my yeah. business, and I ended up building great relationships. And I started um, working with the with my team at Spotify on building tools for them, yeah. making sure they got playlisted, building, you know, it's yeah. like all of these things. And when I was, and I'll be truthful, very, very truthful, we were building stuff that were like real tools that were great for independent artists that the major labels went nuts over because they knew how like that, it, this was going to be competitive to their business, mm-hmm. and so when I when I was leaving Spotify, because it, it started to feel like a job. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, it's if if I don't have the joy of getting up and like doing what I love to do, yeah, that's a job. Yeah, you for know sure. what I'm saying. And I never felt like I had like it was none of this has ever been a job for me, right? And so. I, I, I told Daniel that I was going to step down. Um, and I went and uh, sat, I sat with Jimmy Iovine, the mm. founder of Beats by Dre and Interscope. And, you know, Jimmy's always been a mentor. Yes. Some of the best advice I ever got. And yes. It was from Jimmy. Yes. And he said, um, he said, Troy, he said, take off for a year. Mm. He said, before you decide to do anything, he said, take off for a year. Um, he said, because you never had the opportunity in your life to just decompress and not yeah. do anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't last. I, I took. I kind of <laughs> took his. I kind of took his, uh, his advice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I did. I ended up. I got on a plane. I went to Af- my first trip. I went. I went to Africa with one of my mentors. Yeah. And um and he's an incredible businessman. And we went to Nigeria, um, Tanzania, and Kenya. Mm-hmm. And um and he's built an incredible healthcare business. Born and raised in the projects in Brooklyn. His wife was a foster child. He built crazy, crazy business. No excuses. Yeah. And then um and 
I got some inspiration from like just what he was doing and talking to him. Then my next trip, I went to China to meet with um, ByteDance was trying to recruit me to become um, the head of music for TikTok. They mm, were, they were yeah. just, they had just bought Musical.ly yeah. and they were launching this new platform called TikTok. Yeah. And, um, and so they, you know, showing me the technology and, and showing me what they were up to. And I'm like, this is going to be a game changer. Yeah. But I don't want to work for nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm seeing what TikTok was doing. They're getting ready to launch. I'm like, this is going to be really good for independent artists. Because songs are going to start here. And then they're going to go to Spotify. Yeah. When I, when I first found out, when I first invested in Spotify, I was thinking, I'm like, Songs are going to start here and then go to radio. Yeah. So now it's going into new cycles. So yeah. I'm like, for independent, for, I already knew what Spotify was going to focus on around independent artists. And I knew Apple was going to have to follow and Amazon was going to have to follow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I can build an alternative for independent artists where if I'm doing services for them, they feel like they're in a major label. Yes. They're not losing anything. Yes. Um, if I could provide resources for the managers to make the managers feel supported and like they got an extra team, yeah. but being, being able to do this globally, mm-hmm. but also showing them how to build businesses. Yes. So I'm not just putting out your record. I'm mm-hmm. actually helping you build enterprise value. Yes. I'm showing you like, this is the structure you, you should, you, you need to work within and, and in terms of be, being able to build Asset value. Yes. So don't come to Venice if you're thinking about okay, I want to get hot, then go get signed. That's corny. Yeah. Don't don't even don't even bother. We're good. <laughs> you know, you talk know that shit, Red. I love Red. Red, like, nope. good on y'all, man. Red knows. We had we, we we had these conversations all all the time. Mm-hmm. When we sit down with people and we start talking to them about what type of entrepreneur do you want to be? Yeah. What are, what are your goals? What does success look like? Yeah. And then we go even beyond because, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we've personally, you know, between me and my co-founder, Susie, we've invested in 150 tech companies. Yeah. So the access to founders, the access to deal flow, the access to investments, we've opened that up to even, you know, to to our Venice community. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So people like... They've invested like Liquid Def, Therabody, wow. like all you know, all types. So if of you're part of the stuff. Venice community, you can. If you like, it's it's not a, it's not a product. It's part of just our ethos of how do we help? How do we help you add value? Like mm-hmm. you know, how do we help you build assets? How do we help you learn yes. about investments? Yeah. Like it's, so so for us, it's, it's building. It's, it's not just about putting out a record. Yeah. Jay-Z was able to build what he built, not by just putting out a record. Yeah. It was about him having access to capital, him a- having access to information, yes. him being able to be around uh, brilliant people, yes. um, uh, around uh, other communities. Mm-hmm. And that's how Rock Nation and Fenty and all of these brands were built. It wasn't people... I'm, well, all due respect, I got great, great, great friends at record labels and who run record labels, but most of the people 
at record labels and who have been in the music business historically, they only know about putting out records. Oh my God. So when when I when, when I started at Spotify, Spotify was paying out hundred billions of dollars already when I when I went to start to start working in Spotify. People didn't know how Spotify worked. Yeah. I, I they mm-hmm. like your record is mm-hmm. I, my first week, what I did, I told my team, I said, I need you to show me exactly how much money we paid out to this artist, this artist, this artist, this artist, this artist, because they're getting ready to give Apple exclusives. I need to stop these exclusives. Jimmy, everybody, they, <laughs> Apple was pissed off at me. But I'm like, so I would go into manager's office. I went into Maver- Ma- the Maverick office. Yep. And they were having a staff meeting with um, Sal, the weekend's manager, mm-hmm. G. Robeson, yeah. who was manages Nick. He was managing Nikki, Drake, like everybody, like all these big acts. Um, they managed Madonna. I said, this is how much we, we paid out to, um, to your artists and, yes. and royalties. Yes. I don't know what y'all got from the labels. That's not my business, That's but I want to make sure business. y'all know how much so is out there. So all this shit about Spotify doesn't pay. I want to show you. you. I want to show you what we paid. Yes. But I also want to show you what we'll pay out in ten years. Mm. So as you're thinking about your deal structures and all of those things, make sure your deal structure reflects what we're going to pay out. Yes. Mm. You know what I'm saying. And so I went around educating people on how streaming really, really works and how to find the money, Yep. how to find the money. So the money's there. Wow. You got to know how to find the money. Yeah. And so fast forward with, with in the independent, in the independent space is much quicker to get to the money Yeah. because you don't have to have a home run. Yeah. You can have a base hit yeah. and really make money. Yeah. You could have money coming in every single month or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, what we're, what, but aside from streaming, we're, ta- we're teaching artists how not to depend on streaming. Yeah. Because we, we don't think yep. streaming's the end all be all. Yeah, me neither. Streaming is like, it's. Mm. It's part of the ecosystem of your community. Yes, it's just, it's, yeah. one, it's one income stream that yeah. you could do well or whatever. But we're teaching people how to build fans. Yes. So I, I, that's, that's why having a manager in this role is different from a lot of, like, you know, the distribution companies in the past. Yes. Because, like, I look at it through the lens of the managers. Yes. Holistically. Yes. You got to think of your managers are thinking about the merchandise, tickets, building fans, like, yep. all, all of these things. So it's like... How are we teaching you how to really go deep on fans? Because guess what? The majority of the world, are, are they, they, they're not going to have um, stadiums. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm going to show you is how, if you do this right, you could do theaters and make, make just as much money mm-hmm. as somebody that's playing arenas. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Because we're going to show you how to build brand and products and enterprise value and you own it yes you know what i'm saying 
So, um, so you said that streaming is not the end all be all, right? So, in ten years from now, where do you see the music industry heading? What's gonna, what is gonna, what is the music industry gonna look like in ten years? Wow, that's a that's a very hard question. You know, um, I think the stuff that I'm seeing in technology right now is mind blowing. Is 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 mind blowing. Um, I don't know if you guys know the, the band uh, ABBA who made Mamma Mia. No. So it's a Swedish band, one of the biggest bands of all time. Um, and they, is, they, 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 I think they stopped making music in 1981. Mm. So then they did this Broadway play called Mamma Mia and is one of the longest running shows of all time. And it's based off of their music. And then they, you know, Meryl Streep made a movie about it. So when I was in London last week, I went to see this show that I kept hearing about. And um, it's called ABBA Voyage. And they took this technology, like it's almost disrespectful to even call it a hologram. You would have really thought that it was them on this stage. Oh wow! Like the way, like mm. with a hologram and projection, I would be able to see through you exactly. right now. It's like you sitting there right now. Oh, so wow. they got Industrial Light and Magic, who does all the Star Wars, mm -hmm. to build out this technology. Mm. And so, when you have something like that, where it gives people a, a, an experience that takes concerts to another place. Yes. Because what happens is artists can't, artists can't, that's, it's a reason why artists cancel tours left and right. Because it's like to do 200 and something dates a year. That's hard. It's, a, it's hard physically. Yeah. And then for your mental health. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Waking up in a different place every, every single day. night, not being with your family, not being with your friends. And these are young kids like who are informative ages. Mm. It's like it's not it's not a healthy thing. So if you could do twenty five tour dates, but yet you have the technology, but still allow your fans um, a richer experience, and guess what? The money that you make mm. from being able to do three shows a day through through that. I was about to say you could be in eight different cities <laughs> based what, on that. So this is what's happening. So they, wow. this thing is getting ready to go to this place, this place, wow. and this place. And then mm -hmm. on top of that, when we look at creativity, like what I'm seeing in the artificial intelligence space right now is mind-blowing. So if you look at um, uh, the company OpenAI, you know, they recently went public with, um, with Chat, Chat GPT, yeah, yeah, Chat GPT right? Yep. And then order, or, and which basically is beyond what Google was able to do in terms of reveling, revolution, revolutionizing search. Yes. Like this is a company that is a generational company that I've never seen anything like it in terms of technology. And this is the dumb version of mm. it. When chat GPT-4 comes out this year, is, 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 is taking it beyond. Mm. And then you, their company, uh, uh, Dolly, that does uh, uh, artwork, so basically, you just type in. I heard you can any, type in anything in the world, and it's going to create it generate, the art. Yes, it's going to create the art. You could just type it in what you're thinking about, anything you think about or imagine. The artwork spits out, and you know, in a few seconds. I just saw what Google launched, the beta version of um, of their music tool, 
where you could type in, I want a song that sounds like um, Afro beats with um, Taylor Swift on the hook and, um, and, 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 uh, little Uzi doing a rap like you could mm. type in anything or whatever mm. and it's creating these this music so it's going to change the way people do production yeah and so when you layer on all of these different technologies like the creativity starts to look different yes. right um, so I think for the music industry what is it going to mean to write a song right when you when you could have AI participating in the songwriting process? Yes. So what is that going to do for publishing now? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Wow. When you when you think about um, rights ownerships and things like that, uh, when you think about, do you really need a producer when you could go and type in certain things and yeah. it starts to get better and better and the technology gets better and better? Yeah. And it sounds like, so the purists, what the purists are going to say is, technology's not going to be able to write a song because, you know, you need this, this, and that. Or they'll say, but producers got this certain level of skill. Guess fucking what? Everybody's a great photographer right now because of Instagram. You yes. know what I'm saying? That's like, real. If, like, photos never looked that way before. You had yes. to go, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I've been in... Uber's normal now. Yes. You know yep. what I'm saying? It's the, normal. The concept of getting the strangest yes. car. That, like, yes. It would never thought you that You used yet. to have yeah. to call a taxi cab yes. or go try to hail down a cab and it goes past you or whatever. Uber feels normal. Sleeping on a stranger's couch, you know what I'm saying? Or like, or letting, it, like, or letting somebody sleep in your house, people would have thought you were crazy. Airbnb is super normal now. Yes. It, the craziest ideas turn into the most historic transformational things. You yeah, know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so where, and I, I was talking to a young person about this earlier, and, and like record labels feel secure in their position because of their catalogs. Mm. And so it's this, it's this feel of, okay, we, we're never going to go out of business because we, get, we got catalog and we got this deep level of expertise. I've lived long enough to see, like, as an example, BlackBerry was the shit. Yeah. And it was the primary phone. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure those executives at BlackBerry, when they heard um, Apple was going to make a phone, they're like, they're good at computers. They have no idea how hard it is to make a phone. You got to do this, this, yeah. and that. You know, it's like, yeah. and, it, and, and, it, and it looks really, really good when you're selling billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of product. Yeah. So it's like your, your natural instinct is to ignore them because they, they, they're good at making computers. Wait until they see how hard it is to make these phones. When the last time you saw somebody with a BlackBerry? If I did, it was they old school as hell. They yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Old school, bro. And, yeah. and, and 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 when you look at Oscar nominations and and a company like Netflix that was DVD mail order business, they're making movies and TV shows. And Apple, who made computers, is are making movies and TV shows. And Amazon that sold books and shipped you laundry detergent is making TV shows. Things change real quick. Yes. Mm -hmm. Things change real quick. And the 
the arrogance of, of, of labels of feeling like, okay, we own this and we got expertise and you got to deal with us. And hey, streaming services, you guys need yeah. us. Wait until you see how fast that changes. I feel like I, I've been saying this for the longest. You're going like, to see a lot of record executives with their Blackberry phones. Bro, and- bro. That's why, that's why sit me sitting in front of the camera talking because I believe the future is community. And I believe that these labels are arrogant. And all it takes is one. All it takes is for Venice, for United Masters, for Track, for any one of these people. We're, we're going to do it together. One. But that's what I'm saying. People, people always ask, like, you, um, is it competitive with, with Steve Stout? I'm like, Stout, Stout is my, that's my brother. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like it is, it's people that, that, are, that are doing this. When, when you're trying to take on a system, yes. you know what I'm saying? You need like and, and specifically when it when it's people like um, that understands culturally. That's the scary. And, you part. know what I'm saying. That's the part that makes you dangerous because you're not distro kid. You actually made a superstar. You made a few. So if you have it on your platform, you can actually sit with the managers like these are the next steps. Mm-hmm. This is all you need. That's, what we do. Here's, that's my point. Mm-hmm. I say this: the music business makes more money now than it ever did. Yep. But we have no stars. That's because of arrogance. That's because labels are sitting back collecting their, collecting their checks and not saying to themselves, what can we do better? And that's the part that bothers me. We're not servicing these people. We're not, like, servicing is educating. Like, you went to the school of Jimmy Iovine. I kind of did because I had an artist on there, but he knew how to make a star. L.A. knows how to make a star. You know how to make a star. You know what, though? Like, you... Um like, I remember with, with Jimmy one time, um, we were doing, Gaga was opening up for New Kids on the Block. It was her, her first tour. I remember tour. that tour. First tour. So we played a Staples Center, and Jimmy Iovine, he comes to the show. And, um, and after the show, he, put, he pulled me to the side, and he said, he's, he said, her sound sounds terrible. It sounds like she's singing into a can. Mm. He said, I want you to call... Um, this person, that person, and you, um, so they can help you mix the show better or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't get offended. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying or whatever. I, I I took the advice and I ended up we got the sound right and yeah. it got better and better and better. Yeah. And so it's funny how and even even now I call it's certain people like a Jimmy or whoever that I call. When I'm when when I need an answer on something, experience yeah. is important. Very valuable. And so, um, I even call I call people younger than me. By the way, like the founder of Warby Parker just did a talk for our team this week yeah. to talk to my team about how they built Warby Parker and started in, in like with strangers trying on five pairs of glasses in his apartment. You know what mm. I'm saying? But he's telling us about how he like started a company. Yeah. So I get advice from everybody. You got to be receptive to it. And this industry is a lot of, like a lot of the young managers, what I see is they're, they're, they're not as receptive. Yes. So like, I don't, I, like I'm not arrogant where I'm, 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 I'm going to walk up to somebody and tell them, hey, you should be doing this like this or like that or whatever. Um, but if somebody asks me for feedback, I'm going to be honest. You of know course. what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. So I think build like it's no shortcut to building a star. Yeah, it's no shortcut. 
You can't cheat that. Yeah. You cannot cheat that. And you have to have a star that's willing to be built. The willing to do the work. Cause that's another thing. Money is so much money out here that these artists don't feel like they feel like because they're making a million dollars a show that they're superstars. That's just cause you're hot. Superstars, like literally, you just said New Kids on the Block was had Gaga opening up. Dude, listen, super 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 <laughs> superstardom is like what, what what people don't understand. Like I was saying <laughs> earlier about the greats, the great study the greats, right? And with, with, with superstardom, like a superstar, it's about iconography. Mm. It's iconography. Is that a real word? I like that. It's, it, it's, it's going, going to their show has to be a spiritual experience. Exactly. And it has to be the relationship between a superstar and, and their fans. It's... Um, it's a shepherd leading their flock. That's what, it's community. That's why I said it's like community. You got you have to understand. They want to be yeah. led somewhere yes. though. Yes. Fans want to be yes. led somewhere. Yes, exactly. And and so so what ends up happening is like the the amount of research that superstars do on the past mm-hmm. and and learning how oh. That's how, you know, is, is Michael Jackson studying Charlie Chaplin? And James to Brown. see Charlie yeah, Chaplin yeah. doing all, all of the, yeah. the, 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 um, the Miami movies yes. or whatever. Michael, like, you look at, like, Prince studying Chuck Berry and this person and that person. You know, um, Prince watched every, sing- every show that he did. He would watch, um, at the end of the show, he would go in the dressing room and watch the tape from that night and look at the lighting, because he knew, like, I can't watch my, I can't watch what everybody's doing yeah. while I'm performing. So I want to see what that bass player is doing. I want to see what this person's doing. Got like with on on the road with with Gaga, same exact thing. It's like we would study. Like I I, I got sick of watching Madonna videos on the, <laughs> on the tour bus. You know what it's I'm saying? Crazy. Like yeah. like it, we would study all of these things. Photog- like I got photography books. Yeah. Images, watching every David Bowie interview. Wow. David Bowie interviews. Wow. Not him performing his interviews. Yes. Like, is these... Know them. Yes, because these, these are details, because, like, when you can... Like, it's, 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 it's an investment in learning and understanding these processes, and the way you said, um, like, you use an, a, a, an executive coach... I use an executive coach. Yeah. Um, what people don't know, Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg exe- has an executive coach. Eric Schmidt, who was the CEO of Google, yeah. executive coach. Um, Bob Iger, Disney, executive yeah. coach. All of the top executives have executive coaches. Yes. Running billion dollar companies, executive coaches. It's a because you gotta learn and you gotta you if if you're playing in the NBA. You are you, like is is a pro, you're gonna trainers. You got all of these things. You're not just running loose going on to the basketball court. Uh-uh. Artists have to invest. Mm-hmm. They got to invest in the history of, of of understanding how it was done. They got to invest in how do I? I ask I ask artists this all the time, and I get the same answer most of the time. Uh, how many how many times do you rehearse a week? <laughs> Mm. Keep going steady. Mm. How many times do you rehearse a week? 
Prince rehearsed every day. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Yes. And treated every rehearsal like he was in Madison Square Garden. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Every day. Guess what? He didn't have a, he didn't have shows. He just was rehearsing. He was so, so he could get better. He was he was you know chasing greatness every day. Yes. Yes. Co Co Kobe, he he was in the gym every day. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Steve Stout told me a story years ago when um, he was uh, doing a project with Kobe and Kobe would go to the basketball court every morning um, with his coach during the off season. And the guy would have his hand in Kobe's face <laughs> uh, while, he, while Kobe would take the shot. And, and, Co and Kobe would do, close his eyes and everything taking a shot that. because he knew next season he was going to have to play against this certain player mm -hmm. and he wanted to be able to make that shot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's the level of commitment that artists have to have with their careers. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a certain level of greatness that you always have to strive for. You're not, you can't, you'll never hit perfection. Mm -hmm. You'll never, ever, 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 ever hit perfection. Mm -hmm. If you hit perfection, you fail. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I got a question. So um, before we wrap up, I want to ask, how should new artists that's coming in the industry use technology to break into it? I think using technology for new artists, you, you're using it as, as a tool. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so the beauty of it is um, you could put out content as often as you want to put out mm -hmm. content. Um, you got a way to talk directly to, to, to fans. Mm -hmm. Um, I look at technology, I, I never get overly um, dependent on it because mm -hmm. it always changes at the end of the day. Um, the real thing, though, is that true talent, like, that, that's what you got to focus on. So focus on the true talent. Like, is, is, is Actually it, having talent. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. Go deep. Go deep, push it, push yourself, mm -hmm. push yourself. Th this is where I feel like, this is where I feel like the opportunity lies. Mm. Because I, I, I feel like we're in this place where everything is happening so fast. Everybody's pushing out, you know, a mil millions and millions and millions of pieces of content. Nobody, there's not a lot of people that are actually going deep. And that's why, that's, that is a reason why people are gravitating towards the SZA project right yes. now. You know what that's I'm what saying? I thought mm -hmm. of. Once you said deep, I, was, I thought of SZA. SZA made an album. SZA, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about a format perspective as much as it is, is a very thoughtful body of work that's very well written, very well produced, and very well thought out. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you can invest in the work, everything, the score keeps itself. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The score keeps itself at that point. So, so instead of, and instead of the, 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 like, I, I, I honestly, I think we're going through a, a, a creative pandemic right now. Mm. And, and is in reason being a lot of creators are, creating with anxiety you know what i'm saying because mm. it's like you because you 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 feel like you got to keep up you're rushing to put stuff out you, you i gotta get put put this stuff up on tiktok i gotta see what you know if i'm getting comments on this or likes on this i gotta see if i'm getting followers here you're creating with anxiety 
true creation, you're going to that quiet place. You're, you're going into that cave. You're going and inspired mm-hmm. with people that you, you, you enjoy creating with. You're waking up in the middle of the night, inspired. I, oh, I gotta do this. When you got, when you're in that place of my manager's calling me because I gotta create this thing for TikTok and I gotta do this and I gotta put out a song every two weeks and I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Yo, I'm trying. I'm looking around because I'm like, bro. I tell people, no matter what you think, it's all at God's feet. Dude, you gotta allow God. You gotta allow God to enter the room. Dude, listen. Wait, wait, this, this is, this is, you look at the, the best works of all time, whether it's in the fine art space, whether it's in the food, cuisine space, whether it's in, tell, tell, tell James Cameron that you want to put out Avatar 5 tomorrow. Mm-mm. No, huh, I'm no. gonna take 12 years yes. or however many years until I because because my work James James Cameron makes movies when you know when he wants to make movies and because he likes to invest in the creative process. Steven Spielberg wants to create invest in the creative process. They're not like you can't rush these things. Steve Jobs like if if people really learned about. How, he was a hippie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy, like. That he, they said didn't take baths. I was just listening oh, yeah. to someone who said didn't take baths. <laughs> oh, I had to sprinkle that in. No, no, I'm just this, saying. He was he human. He was a real hippie. Right, yes. just a, This relatable. guy, like, it, but his process was a, in, a, it was an inward process. He went inward for his process. Yes. Like, when, when he, like, a lot of it was through, he trusted his internal compass he like it is it, 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 it's mm. it's a, it comes from a quiet place. I met with Steve, and I, I, it's, I never forget. It's so crazy. <laughs> Steve. I had I, I had a meeting. Yeah, this is Steve Jobs, not Steve Stout. And right, one. I was like, hold on, <laughs> Steve Jobs. So we we had we have a meeting with Steve Jobs. They were they were launching some product at Apple that we were beta testing. So me and Gaga go and meet with him, and um, and we are giving him feedback on on his on the product. So we we had just done a deal with um, with Polaroid, where she mm. became the creative director oh. of Polaroid. So I asked him. I said, I want to get your advice. You know, we did this deal with Polaroid. Um, how should we be approaching it? He says. Polaroid is shit. I don't, <laughs> he said, I don't know why you guys even did that deal. Right. It was he a said, dying. He said, you know Polaroid? He said, you know why they're, he's like, you know why they're shit? He said, because they just slapped their names on everything. They got sunglasses. They got this. They got that. They got this. They got that. Mm-hmm. They got 50,000 products, and that's what destroyed the Polaroid brand. They should have just stuck with, the, with, their, mm-hmm. with their main camera and just worked off of that. So then he pointed across the room. He said, you see that table over there? And it was like a, a little conference room table in the back. Yeah. And it had their computers on the table and like iPods and, 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 and stuff and iPhone and stuff on the table. He said, our entire company is sitting on that table. Mm. He said, I can, I, I fit our entire company on that table. Mm. That's all we do. Mm. He said, it's focus. Love it's that. Focus. This guy, he, his instincts. Yes. When he came back to run Apple, he killed every product in that company, yeah. and he said, "This is what we're gonna do." That's you gotta trust that internal thing. Yes, 
He wasn't thinking about with everybody like, oh, we got to do this. This is what IBM is doing. This is what this mm-hmm. Dell is doing. This is what uh, Microsoft's doing. It's. I'm trying to tell y'all this. I'm not being for a dog. When Troy talks, listen. We didn't think it was gonna go like this. No, huh? but no, because I'm looking around like, bro. You let there's certain people when they open their mouth, just shut up, because yeah. that's that's allowing God to come through. And and he's and I'm being real with you. He's he sends he he has his messengers and he has his way. And if you just be quiet and listen, bro, I've never I've never not talked this much. Like I'm like <laughs> this is the quietest I've ever been on any interview. Like I'm not like I'm like I'm like I'm like everybody shut up. We're not playing no games. Yeah. We're not doing none of the none of the segments. We learning. Let, let him talk because, bro, bro, mm-hmm. you, bro, you literally are a, a time capsule for us. You, like, you're, you're telling us the way one of the greatest inventors thought, who's dead. So if we trying to over talk or get to our point, we gonna miss that shit. Be quiet, bro. Like, know what I did when Steve was talking? I shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And that Betty Medina message, that's just like, hey, be quiet. Like, because, like, it'd be times where my people are like, you got to do this. And I'm like, dog, I don't care about an algorithm. I care about dope. And I am a consumer. I like to spend money. I like to, I like to buy books. I like to go to movies. I invest. And I just want to give people what I know I would want. And that's my only thing. I know, if I knew I would want it, if I know it can make me, when I started this podcast, I said, all I want to do is, I made a dollar from this, one dollar from this yet. But I said, what I want to do is I want to create things that we could put 45 to 60 seconds up that a thousand people share to each other. Mm-hmm. For, forget trying to mm-hmm. try, try. Let's 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 make sure that our message is is something so valuable that people want to share. Build the value first. Mm-hmm. Everybody say know your worth. I say show your worth. Man. No, I, man. no th- this podcast is an example for artists. That, mm-hmm. That's all it says. It's like. I don't know what I'm doing. I say that on record all the time. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm going to get in front of a mic and I'm going to talk and I'm going to get with my friends and I'm going to figure it out. And that's what music is. You don't have to know. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to fucking attempt to shoot your shot. Even you have to attempt, like have conversations. You have to be dedicated to this because that's the only way you get to greatness. And I know we have to wrap up. I just want to tell you, Troy, I appreciate this. Oh, like, I appreciate this. This was, was a master class. We didn't, we didn't, I didn't have, I was like, no agenda. Let the I, man I didn't talk. Even know where, but, I, but that's I'm my like, thing. I, I don't, no I don't want to, we I don't want to. I said, I, if, if Ray's coming to talk, bro, we're going to. Bro, I, I just want people to understand, if you're listening, I would pay for this conversation. I would pay to get in the room to hear you talk because that's invested in my greatness. And you gave it to me for free, so I just want to tell you thank you, brother. Well, and thank you for everybody else that was listening. <laughs> I won't, I, for Venice, I won't give it to you for free, but you can join the community. <laughs> no. VeniceMusic.co, and um, mm-hmm. you can check out what we're doing there. So, um, But feel, feel free to... Join the community. Hit me. Community. Yeah, Tell us, Red. <laughs> by the way, by the way, shout out to Red. Red, you are lucky. Yeah. Don't fuck this up. Nah. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, because a lot of, because I hate when people get opportunities and downplay. Nah, man. Like, I got this job, but I don't give a fuck about the hey, No, Hell you need no. to care. Troy calling me like, hey, it's Christmas break, man. You know you can take a break. Nah, fuck that. Bro, I'm trying to do something. Bro, I wish y'all nothing but the best. If anybody's listening, f- f- fuck with Venice. Work with Venice, interact with Venice, because the person at the head 
gives a fuck. He just gave us an hour and a half of his time that he didn't have to to show you guys how much he cares. And we thank y'all. And this is The God Show. And we are out. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.